Warning. The podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed plot spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning your podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tampon. You have been warned. Welcome to the Movie Pity Podcast, presented by RMJ Media. Welcome back to the Movie Pit Podcast. This is your host, Ryan, and joined again, as always, Seth. Howdy, y'all. So, tonight we're going to be talking about 2021's Halloween Kills. Uh, well, since we literally recorded last night, there obviously isn't anything new that we've watched in its entirety. But, um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about before? We get right into what is and is not Halloween kills. Can't really say. Or do you just want to bust right into it and get going? Yeah, that's that's fair. Because I th- I think you and I are gonna have a lot to say on this one. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you do your. Okay, let's get right into this shit. We'll kind of go from there. right the boogeyman was real it's over you can't hurt anyone ever again no one told you told me what somebody in there running evil dies tonight 
I'm not just gonna sit and watch another innocent person die. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. What do we do? We fight. Let's hunt him down. Michael Myers is flesh and blood. But a man couldn't have survived that fire. The more he kills, the more he transcends. Run! Go home now! He's the essence of evil. After the events of the previous film, Cameron Elon finds a wounded deputy Frank Hawkins while walking home from a Halloween party. Hawkins regrets withholding serial killer Michael Myers' execution and resolves to kill him himself that night. In a flashback to 1978, just after the end of the original, Hawkins accidentally shoots and kills his partner in pursuit of Michael before preventing Michael's psychiatrist. Dr. Samuel Loomis from executing in front of Michael's childhood home. During present day on October 31st, 2018, Tommy Doyle celebrates the 40th year anniversary of Michael's imprisonment with longtime friends Marion Chambers, Lindsay Wallace, and Cameron's dad, Lonnie Elon. Meanwhile, after their confrontation with Michael, Lori Strode, her daughter, Karen, and her granddaughter Allison are horrified when a group of firefighters arrive at the Vernon Strode residence, accidentally freeing Michael from the basement. Using their tools, Michael single-handedly murders the firefighters before driving back to Haddonfield. Karen and Allison submit Lori to, the emergen to emergency surgery while Michael kills an elderly couple in their home. An emergency alert informs Tommy, Marion, Lindsay, and Lonnie of Michael's escape before bar patron Vanessa supposedly encounters Michael in the backseat of her car. Tommy and the others confront Michael as the car drives away and crashes. The driver leaves unnoticed by the crowd. En route to collect Cameron, Tommy forms a mob full of vengeful Haddonfield citizens to hunt down Michael before he can hurt anyone else. Karen and Allison are informed of Michael's escape, information that Karen decides to withhold from Lori so that she can recover. After reconciling, Cameron invites Allison to join him and his father to hunt down Michael, to which Allison agrees to avenge her father. Laurie and Hawkins awake and reminisce about their former relationship. Elsewhere, Marion, Lindsay, Vanessa, and her husband, Marcus, are attacked by Michael while warning Haddonfield citizens to stay indoors. All but Lindsay are killed as Tommy, Lonnie, Cameron and Allison subsequently find Lindsay alive. While Tommy takes Lindsay to the hospital, Lonnie, Cameron, and Allison map out Michael's victims and deduce that he's heading to his childhood home. Meanwhile, Tommy reunites with former Haddonfield Sheriff Lee Brackett, 
whose daughter Annie was killed in the 1978 attacks. Tommy organizes a mob of hundreds of Haddonfield citizens, informing Michael of Rory's survival. Meanwhile, Michael murders the current homeowners of his childhood home as Lori prepares to kill Michael herself. Believed to be Michael, escaped hospital inmate and driver of Vanessa's car, Lance Tavoli, is chased throughout the hospital by Tommy's mom. Although Karen attempts to help, Lance is forced to jump out of the hospital's window to his death. To Karen's dismay, Lori suffers an injury to her wound and bedridden, urgents Karen to help Tommy hunt down Michael. At Michael's childhood home, Lonnie heads in alone, but Allison and Cameron follow and find Lonnie's body in the attic, as Michael subsequently murders Cameron upstairs. Allison is thrown down the stairs by Michael and she breaks her leg, before an arriving Karen stabs Michael with a pitchfork. She removes his mask and taunts him, allowing Allison to escape. Karen leads Michael to a nearby mob at the at a nearby alley. Michael is subsequently swarmed by the mob, seemingly killed when Karen stabs him in the back. As the mob disperses, Michael slits Brackett's throat and kills the mob one by one, ending with Tommy killing him with his own baseball bat. Returning to Michael's childhood home, Karen stares into the upstairs window, visualizing a story she had heard about Michael endlessly staring out the same window. Michael appears behind her, and she is seemingly stabbed to death. Michael stares out his window while Lori stares out her hospital window as credits roll. So, I'm going to let you have at it on this one. What did you think of Halloween Kills? Man, I believe the first words that came out of my mouth from the first one was like that. Like, that was that was a good, solid movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so good. And then, watch the second one. Okay. Or the last one. The 2018, right? Yeah. Uh, and then go into this one. And just slowly degressed it literally like it's like a slap in the face from the pre like from 78s and how good 2000 2018s actually turned out to be mm-hmm. this movie could have been great yeah i don't know where they went wrong i know on the first one uh david gordon green and danny mcbride co-wrote it by themselves right this one had another dude they in bring it. a third writer on. Yeah, I saw that. And I honestly think that's where <laughs> this train gets derailed. Because, like... Murder train? Yeah. Now, I'll give it credit. The way it opens and Michael escapes the burning inferno of a house, I love that scene. It is okay. just brutal as fuck. <laughs> Yeah. He single-handedly takes out an entire fucking, like, how many fucking firemen right then and there, and, like, that's how you fucking start the movie. Yeah, it was pretty badass to see them all kind of, like, arm up, because they know who he is and whatnot, and he's just, like, sitting there, probably in his little murder mind, is just like, all right, cool, I have multiple items I can kill each and every one of these fuckers yeah. with if they just supplied me. And he does just that. He goes and pretty much just tear asses. That was a kick-ass scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> And I I did like the flashback to 1978. Right. It looked like the original film, mm-hmm. and the actor that they brought in to play uh, 
Dr. Loomis, the amount of prosthetics that they put on that man, because that wasn't CG. That was all practical foam latex prosthetics right. to make him look like how Donald Pleasance looked. Because that wasn't really a scene from the original, right? That no, was... that was literally shot just for this movie. Okay, that's uh, cool. I think it's a nice... That is the one saving grace I'll say about this movie is that was a nice nod to Donald because the movie's not the same without him. It was good to see him in this new end of the quadrilogy, as it were. Yeah. It was nice to see him back. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, the, uh, the like I said, the actor looked very, very much like him. The voice was almost accurate to what Donald Pleasant's voice was. Right. But I just thought it uh, lended itself a lot of nice credence to the character of Hawkins, how he shoots, accidentally kills his partner. Right. And then in another later flashback scene, you see how they cover it up, saying that they're pulling the gun and the gun locked. So it was kind of like your heart was in the right place, but you're not going to take the blame for this. Yeah, uh, not... Honesty doesn't always go where you think that it's going to. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, I just have to get this out of the way. I think out of all the Halloween movies made, this is the most violent. And honestly, that's what I expected from a movie called Halloween Kills. Yeah. Like, literally, the body count in this movie alone is 27. 27? He kills 27 people in this movie. Okay. <laughs> and I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying when I'm like, look, if the story sucks, then I just want massive amounts of murder. Yeah. And uh, that that's exactly what I got in this, and I'm, and I'm pleased with that. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, but, like, the writing just went so far in left field, and, like, watching this when it first came out, I just wanted to strangle every single person that was chanting evil dies tonight yeah that is the worst fucking catchphrase and they say it how many motherfucking times in this movie well what i took from that part was kind of like how if you get if you get some false information and you get a bunch of fucking idiots together in a group and you say hey i think that's that's the guy when it really wasn't and only a couple people actually knew that it really wasn't and no one was listening to them they knew Mm -hmm. the truth right but then you get this big group of fucking idiots and they're all, there's some, there's, you know, there's a, there's a terror and they're all going to, you know, uh, gang together and go kill this terror as a mob, right? Yeah. And so then you, you need to like a, like a real catchy chant that's going to get people more hooked into it or whatever. And that's what I took from it was it was just bullshit. Yeah. It was just, it was awful. Like, this felt like a completely, it, it takes place immediately after. 2018. I was Halloween. pumped about that in the very beginning. But, I was like, "Hell yeah, let's!" But do it this. feels like a completely different movie. Yeah, like a oh, different timeline almost. Yeah, like this isn't a Michael and Lori story. This is mob mentality story. Yeah, and Sheriff Rackett even uh, makes the comment. Now he's turning us into monsters. Uh huh. Like that is the worst thing I think they could have done with this fucking movie is go that route. Well, technically he did turn that other doctor into a monster. Well, yes, but he was obsessed with Michael. Yeah. And I 
And in fairness, the citizens of Haddonfield obviously are obsessed with Michael if they go to the bar every Halloween and pay toast to those who survived and those who died. <laughs> um, I did like that they brought back the actors who played um, Marion Chambers, the nurse from the original. Oh, that's cool. I did like the fact that they brought the young girl, Kyle Richards, back to play Lindsay. Mm-hmm. She looks completely different than she did as a kid in 1978. Yeah, just a tad. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was an interesting choice because, obviously, the, the boy that played Tommy Doyle in the original, he retired from acting 15 years ago. The idea to cast Anthony Michael Hall, the nerdy fucking kid from Breakfast Club, and the asshole boyfriend from Edward Scissorhands, I'm like, the, the, that casting did not work for me at all. Yeah. At all. And his acting in this movie is fucking atrocious. Wasn't the best, that's for damn sure. <laughs> like, he is literally one of, like, the worst in this fucking movie. What did you think of, like, all the callbacks to the first one, like the couple who's dressed like a doctor and a nurse, you see them briefly in Halloween, the first Halloween, or second Halloween, I should say. Uh, then they bring it back in this. He forgets his stethoscope again, and that's when she sees who thinks, thinks is Michael in the car, but it turns out to be the other guy. Yeah. What do you think about those callbacks? Uh, they were, uh, they helped a little bit in the sense that it kind of helped. Um, keep the spirit of what the original one was alive because mm-hmm. there there wasn't gonna be too much. I feel um that came from the original that was gonna be like a direct reflection. So I think those small little callouts were just like, hey, we're gonna totally like one eighty what the hell you guys did and do this. So yeah. we'll give you the little tidbits. Um, I think that what it felt like to me is they watched. They watch the first one and and they said, okay, how can we take the survivors and make a story about them? And that's exactly what they did. Is kind of what it felt like to me. And it was it was un- unnecessary uh-huh. in my opinion. I could have totally done without the backstory of some of the victims. Like there's there's one main victim, yeah. right? And that's the only one that we should just like you said we <laughs> should be focusing on the story of them. And I just went on this other tangent with other people. Yeah. Which is like, I didn't need all that, man. It's like they took everything that worked from 2018 and just sat down and said, okay, let's do completely the opposite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's completely change the formula that worked in the last one and see if we can <laughs> make fire again. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to talk about the opening title sequence here briefly. This is the first time where you have multiple jack-o'-lanterns in a Halloween title crawl. Did you happen to notice how many jack o' lanterns there were? It ended up being three, right? At the mm-hmm. end, it was no. a lot more than three. Uh, I was, I was honestly, I was reading all of the credits because mm-hmm. I wanted to see what names I could recognize and whatnot. No, I don't have. There's any actually names. twelve pumpkins that they use in that opening sequence. Is that to reference that there's been twelve damn movies that or something? This is the twelfth movie. Okay, well <laughs> yeah. played. Yeah. <laughs> well played. And I think it's ironic that Halloween 2018 was released 40 years after the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. This movie was released 40 years after the original Halloween 2. Halloween Ends that just came out was released 40 years after Halloween 3. Oh, you think that was all intentional? I, 
Actually, that I don't. I just think it worked out that way because yeah. these were originally supposed to be released back to back before COVID happened. Okay. So I don't think that those dates would have lined up, but I think it's a fun, fun little coincidence. Hell yeah, that is awesome. And uh, this movie also does harken back to the original Halloween 2 quite a bit, which Lori was not in that movie all that much. Mm. Because she was bedridden in the hospital. Right. And they used the same logo that they used from Halloween 2 for Haddon Memorial Hospital. And I think they've also used it in episodes of Stranger Things. <laughs> so there's a lot of nods back to the other Halloween movies. And like I told you, in this one, you're going to see a lot more of those damn Silver Shamrock masks. Yes. <laughs> and those poor-ass little fucking annoying-ass kids, they just got their asses handed to him. <laughs> yeah, they all they all kind of earned the, the murdering. He just casually walks around a town and just leaves a trail of chaos. That's why I still feel like this is like Grand Theft Auto. Like, I just right. keep picturing just, because he it's just this main character, and then you've got all these, like, NPCs that are trying to, like, you know, root against him, and now we're kind of going behind the story of, like, what it would be like to be an NPC. Because, again, you've got this couple main characters, and they just went on a complete tangent mm-hmm. with these other other people. And I, I feel like they could have just given so much more backstory behind everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, the murdering was great, though. And, like, I think in this movie, out of any of the Halloween movies that they've done, made to date, this is the most invincible Michael has been. Yeah. He takes some fucking damage and doesn't move. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like that was the one of the only uh, things that I did like about it. It, it did show how fucking badass he really is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you see Vader finally gets to go bonkers, and he just like fucks up a whole bunch of people and shit. Like <laughs> yeah. you've got this legacy and this legend and how terrifying he is, and like yeah. you kind of get to see this and another thing. But then uh, when you finally get to see him just like tear ass and um, fuck up all those dudes in those ships. Uh, that's kind of how I felt with this. Is like, okay, cool. Now he gets to go ball. Like now he's like being legitimately challenged with like against a group of people, uh-huh. and he's just taking them all on t- single handedly, just fucking them all up. Whatever kind of weapons you got, it's gonna go inside you. Oh fuck yeah! Or through you. <laughs> the for, uh, I like the fluorescent bulb that he breaks and jabs into that black lady's throat. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty gnarly. badass. And I love when she's just sitting there bleeding out. You just see him repeatedly grab knives out of a fucking knife block. And stab him under her husband. <laughs> just yeah. keep repeatedly stabbing him over and over and over again. He reaches back to the butcher block one more time, pulls out the knife, and he's like, yep, this is the one I'm taking with me. Just <laughs> saunters out the fucking house. <laughs> yeah, I saw it kind of like before he could unlock the knife that he wanted. Sometimes you have to do these just like at like r- ridiculous, menial, repetitive tasks over and over again, and in a video game anyways. And yeah. so he had, to, he had to level up. He had to just keep stabbing. And that same body with different ones, you know, to get his experience <laughs> points. And then finally, after he had enough in there, you know, he leveled up and got that bigger knife that he wanted. <laughs> and, and he earned it. That's how I saw it. <laughs> what do you think of Cameron's character in this film as opposed to the previous? Uh, Cameron's the daughter? Daughter's boyfriend. Um, oh, shit. I, I wasn't really paying too much attention to Cameron. I don't know. <laughs> Did you think his performance was better than his character in the previous film? Did he redeem himself for how big of a tool bag he was in 2018? 
She seemed to think so. Uh, yeah, they I, rectified really fucking quick with how pissed off they were just previously at each other. Well, because it was, you know, it was like just stupid high school drama. Mm. Like, and again, he was being uh, a shitbag. Uh, but at the same time, she knows, you know, that he truly cares and he fucked up or whatever. And then they're all gung-ho. And did you see the look on um, Jamie Lee Curtis's face when, or no, it was like the the daughter. When they're like, oh, we're rallying up a bunch of groups of people. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to get a bunch of people and we're going to take them down and whatnot. And to me, what I saw was like, how how are you going to get a bunch of idiot-ass, like, teenage kids or something to go destroy yeah. this this demon of the night? Um, and they're like, no, we're going to rally together. And, you know, he redeemed himself uh, the best that he could. Yeah, I honestly didn't mind him as much in this film mm-hmm. as I did the first film did finally get to see his ass get off (laughs) in epic fashion. I just honestly wished Lori and Hawkins had more to do in this film than just be laid up in the hospital. Almost wish they hadn't said it immediately after the events. Mm. Like, maybe the following Halloween. But I understand why they did what they did because they had apparently they had this whole after the success of the first movie, they wrote Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, and it was originally supposed to be shot immediately back to back, but it just became extremely too much fucking work for them to try to fucking do. Mm-hmm. So they split up the production, and we'll talk about it on the next one. I'm not even gonna bring up Halloween Ends right now. I'll just say this. If you think the writing is interesting in this one, <laughs> hold on to your horses. <laughs> yeah, watching this one made me eager to see the last one just so I can feel all of it, you know, in, in its... Oh, you'll feel something. Yeah, just in, <laughs> it's like, I don't want the term to be disappointment, just but just like a, I fell in love so much with the first one. It's, I know, it right? It's so great, dude, you know what I mean? And it, it is a gut punch, like, but just like tiny ones, right? Mm-hmm. Just like, here, you know, you love the first one so much, and this one's not as bad. And then ugh, here's another one. And you're like, oh man, I feel like I've been raped. It's not what I wanted and, it to be. And I think this movie just has so many shit ass minor characters, mm-hmm. like the characters of Big John and Little John, who are huh. currently living in Michael's <laughs> childhood home. Yeah, I just love that they sold it and someone bought it. There's a bunch of gay dudes, <laughs> and I love when fucking Big John tries to scare these kids that just stole all their Halloween candy out of their house and literally says, have you heard of Michael Myers? You know who the hell got me? Yeah, like, he stabbed his sister in the tits. Like, that's definitely a fucking Danny McBride. Yeah, that was... Line. Yeah. Like, and there was a lot less of those. And I don't know if that was the other guy, like you mentioned, coming in and yeah. being like, we're not going to do as many dick jokes. It honestly did not feel like the same writing team. Not at, at all. all from mm-hmm. 2018. Yeah. It did not mesh at all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of sucky when you're continuing a story immediately after the previous one. And when I you're think just continuing that story. That's you, why they had so much more murder, dude. I think they just knew it was weak. They were grasping. They, I honestly think they needed filler because they didn't know what to write. It, filler is exactly what I saw this as. Just other non not. I don't know, non-related, just other shit. I did like, um, I think one of my, fi- oh, I do kind of, 
I wrote this part down because I think it's kind of funny. I feel like they are kind of like each other's Horcrux. Like, uh, like <laughs> Harry Potter? Yeah, exactly. Um, the Bannister kill was pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah where he gets I think that laughed. was very, very, very enjoyable. And I like how he just kind of politely walks by. He's like, aw. Cameron's in pain. Let's just snap that neck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, even even he does not. Uh, Michael does not move fast at all. You're totally right. I think no, the fastest I've seen him was was the fireman kill. Yeah, and when he rushes the cop in the flashback at the beginning of the movie. Oh, that's right. He comes out of the closet. Mm-hmm. That's the fastest you'll ever see Michael. Fucking <laughs> <move>. <laughs> He's been saving up a long time for that little energy burst. <laughs> yeah. He has to stand in a dark room just to build up, build up, and he's got about five seconds of energy, and then just nothing. <laughs> when when the fireman falls down, and that's where you discover that he's alive, and that's mm-hmm. where he's at. I just love how he's just kind of sitting in that little room, just like kind of waiting for the fire to go away. Yeah, in the <laughs> corner of the room, just chilling. I did also like that scene after he killed the fireman, where like the house is all burnt down, and then there's just corpses everywhere, like like yeah. decimation. Like he's just like I'm fucking Michael Myers, and I just fucked all these bitches up and this house is burned down and i'm totally fine oh no that's not true he did have that battle damage on his mask mm-hmm. he did so have some scorching he's been weathered yeah yeah and i enjoyed the fact that they put that level of detail into the mask yeah because you obviously in 2018s you could see wear and tear on it from the 40 years since he previously wore the mask mm-hmm. and now he's just been engulfed in fucking flames so yeah there's even more damage. And I think they handled it well and did it a hell of a lot better than Rob Zombie did in his mm. Halloween movies. And that's a big thing with me. <laughs> is the mask. Okay. Mask is what is Michael Myers. If you fuck the look of that mask up, you don't have Michael Myers. You have an idiot in a Halloween mask. Yeah. So it takes away from the the blankness and like the non-relatable. You know, I think they killed it the first time. There's no reason to reimagine it anyway. Yeah. How do you feel like they brought uh, Chambers back again just to kill her off again? Yeah. Like this is you haven't seen her yet, but she does make an appearance in Halloween Two, the original, but she also gets brought back and. Halloween H2O. And she is one of Michael's first three kills in that movie. (laughs) So, like, she has literally died twice in Halloween timelines. (laughs) She's honored by it. Now, I will say, there's a shot in this movie that I think is a cheap-ass fucking shot. Mm -hmm. Because David Gordon Green, day one, said this movie... These movies disavow everything that happened in the Halloween franchise after 1978. Okay. There's a shot of Lee Bracken seeing his daughter dead. That's a shot from Halloween 2, 1981. Oh. Someone's a fibber. (laughs) If you're going to disavow all the crap, don't use anything from said movies. But isn't but I thought that uh, the last one was nothing but that was but the, references to the other original movies that oh they they are references mm-hmm. but this legit takes a scene oh. from Halloween two and puts it in this movie as a flashback oh 
So it kind of that does fuck up the timeline. Yes, it's not real because <laughs> that never happened in Halloween one. <laughs> that happened in Halloween two. See, I'm that asshole that'll nitpick shit. Like That's that. good. <laughs> <laughs> Just call him out. Be like, you know what, fucker. You fucked this up. I'm going to call you out. I was happy to see Charles Cyphers back as Lee Brackett. I wasn't happy to see him get killed off. But you could definitely tell he's seen better days. <laughs> the fact that now he's like chief security at Haddonfield Memorial. <laughs> I have a golf cart, sir, and a flashlight. You stay away. I miss the doctor. What, uh, Loomis? Dr. Loomis. Yeah. So I, I I fell in love with that character. Then right we from definitely the get-go. want to go into the other sequels, but like I yeah. said, he's in two, four, five, and six. I like him a lot. He died during the filming of Halloween Six. Yeah, and that that breaks my heart. But I, when you, it doesn't feel like these movies should be together. They don't feel like one cohesive story. No, taking place on the same night. Yeah, <laughs> and did you ever hear any feedback from, um, like? Like the original team talking about like the the new like the new versions of new uh, movies and well, their John Carpenter is a producer on these. He's worked like side by side with David and Danny, so John Carpenter's hands are a lot on this, and he has to approve every script. And the fact that he, I don't know if they just executed it very very poorly during the filming. Or if the writing was just that atrocious. Or maybe it was a contract or something for the next three films. Like, yeah. we're like we'll do all I can three tell you of these. In the next movie, it's Danny McBride, David Gordon Green, and they have two new Additional writers, writers that haven't worked on any of them. Throwing bodies at the problem. Cool. It'll be interesting to see well, how that, that goes. Too many, too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> the first one worked because there was two. A writing team that has worked together before. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. <laughs> You're 100% right. Because, uh, like, the dialogue from every character in this is so goddamn atrocious. The only thing that saves this movie is the visuals, the way mm-hmm. it looks. Like, even when they go back to the 1978, this being shot on digital, they had to use a lot of uh, filters and effects to make give it that 70s grain. Okay. Make it look like the original 1978 movie, but it's the visuals, it's the carnage, it's like Mike was such a bigger presence in this movie mm-hmm. than any of the previous Halloweens. I do enjoy that. Yeah, but they didn't do enough with him. They did not do enough with him. Did he do any of the kind of? Normal terrifying things that I didn't really notice any of the like seeing him in a reflection of something. I mean, they kind of did him being creepy when um the fat kid dies uh that tries to kiss her or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Oscar. When Oscar dies, I mean that, and that was from the first one. Yeah, first second. the second one. But in this one, like that's the only, the last time that I really feel that I saw something like that. Um, because he wasn't in the car, right? And I didn't really see him hiding in the shadows too much. Like, the only thing they say here is there's some weirdo in a white mask trying to play uh, hide-and-seek with us. Yeah, and that's so, it. But you yeah. don't ever get to see it. No. <laughs> um, it it was less menacing and less to the... It's the complete opposite of having you know more to the imagination and just straight. No, uh, they had the budget to be brutal. Oh, yeah, they definitely And that's what makes it. That. 
But they also use their budget to extend scenes that they need to be extended. Yeah, and bring on more cast that they didn't need to bring on. Like the entire mob chasing the guy through the hospital. That scene lasts fucking forever. See, I wrote that down too. I thought that the the whole entire hospital in general... It was like the entire hospital was chasing this guy. But even the hospital setting in general... Like I, the only thing that I li- I took from it that I liked was you can see the carnage that he's doing, and I get it that that's where they're staying. Yeah, and, like, it's tearing the everybody apart. Yeah, but it, but just all the, all the rest of the shit that happened in the hospital just felt filler, like you said. Yeah, it's just way too much chaos for the sake of chaos. Yeah, and like I said, the fact that they turned this into a vengeful mob story as opposed to a revenge story for Lori. It actually makes Lori, Karen, and Allison look worse because it's hard to explain. They just, like, you'll see it in the next movie too. Um, the fact that they keep saying that Michael's coming for me, Michael's coming for me. I do like the fact that Hawkins eventually says, no, he wasn't coming for you. Dr. Sartain brought him to you to do. He was trying to provoke a confrontation between Michael and you. Yeah, who's obsessed with who? Yeah, because Michael didn't give a fuck about Lori. If Lori hadn't been out there, Lori's family wouldn't have been... He just wanted to go out murdering. Yeah. He doesn't care. No. Literally, what this movie states, he's going to kill what's ever in his path until he gets home. And he did. And it was wonderful. Multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> then he gets home, he checks in, he's like, okay, let me kill the gay dudes living in my house. Okay, that's done. Um, he had to do some redecorating with their bodies. And then it's out for murdering again. And I did like the concept that when they say that Michael would just stare out his sister's windows for hours and hours, but maybe he wasn't actually looking out the window. Maybe he was looking back at himself reflection i did kind of like the point that point because maybe that's how he channels his energy and becomes this as laurie says immortal because by all accounts in this movie he's fucking immortal absolutely immortal (laughs) without taking his head off but he's no he took his head off in this. He might just pick it up, stamp it back on, and <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, he's like, I'm gonna be honest. I always wondered what would happen if that happened to me. Uh, what happened in H2O? Oh, <laughs> they still brought him back to Hollywood Resurrection. So there's always ways to bring a character. Yeah, Neo Sporn and some band aids. He's like, all right, I got this Friday the Thirteenth band aids. I need like forty seven on so, them. Oh, they idle hands that shit. Put a fucking yeah. turkey fork and just stab it down. <laughs> <laughs> Some duct tape. He's like, I'm totally good, bro. I also like the splat of... Oh, when Trevally goes out the window? Yeah, that was... They went to extra on that one, and I enjoyed it. He fucking exploded. Yeah, and you could hear it. It was a decent squish. It was very squishy. Yeah. Very squishy. That was a juicy one. And I felt bad for that character. Yeah. Like, granted, he was a psychopath. Maximum security hospital, but he didn't deserve to go out like that. And I think that's, 
that's where the movie goes a little bit off the rails to me. Yeah, that's where this giant, gigantic mob of people who are misinformed, if you will, uh, go. Uh, and they start chasing after somebody who doesn't know what they've done, or they they fit their profile. Not to mention when you first see him in the hospital, they profiled him. He's asking for help. Yeah, he's begging to let me in, let me in, help, <laughs> help, help, me, help, help me, help yeah. me, help me. And yep, uh, that must be Michael because Michael asked for help. All it takes is one person to be like, "That's Michael," and everybody's like, "That is Michael," and they just <laughs> jump on the train, and and then some innocent dude just completely gets splatted. I mean, it was a great splat, but still, he he did not deserve to die. No, not at all. I think everyone who dies in this movie does deserve to die. Not the firemen. No, they were they were armed, you know. Like, okay, well, we're here trying to s- save this building. Yeah, they provoked him, and and he is murdering people. I'll be honest. The first time I watched it, I was really shocked when they killed Karen off at the very end. And I was talking to someone. Well, you know, it's horror movies. She's probably still alive. No. Because I remember the original ending to it, because it's a, they actually play it in the trailer, mm-hmm. where you hear Laurie say, I'm coming for you, Michael. How that scene originally went, while Michael's stabbing Karen, Laurie's calling Karen on the phone. Oh. After he kills Karen, Michael answers the phone, and all she hears on the other end is... The, the mouth breathing. breathing. The breathing. See, that would have been at least that's a good a callback. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And that's the ending that they cut from the movie. Yeah, I don't know. There's like a panel <coughs> of people who want to make these uh, shitty decisions, uh, or choose your own ending. You know, choose your own adventure, Michael <laughs> Myers. Uh, don't give them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> is there any character in this that was new that? You liked and or didn't like. Uh, I didn't like any of the new characters. That's like I, fair. I, I, like I mean, Lonnie even though they were, they weren't new characters. They were characters previously, but all you know, all grown up and shit. Yeah. I, I could have just totally done without them. Honestly, it, it just gave, just gave them something else to film that to me wasn't had anything to do with Michael because like. I I don't know his lore, you know. Yeah. I don't know everything there is to know about him, and the only time that you get to hear something really cool uh, said about him is is at the end, um, you know, with the monologue. Uh, oh yeah, when she's saying talking about him doing the monologue. Yeah, that was the only that was the only good part about us. But all all the rest of the characters, I mean, more kids to to be murdered. That's all it was. It was just you know, um, hey, I didn't get you the first time, <laughs> but yeah. uh, guess what? I get a second time to try to come at you. But I did like that that they brought Lindsay Wallace back and the girl that actually played her in the original. Uh, it was good to see her come back to the Halloween franchise. And I do think it's ironic when you actually think about it. Lindsay Wallace is the only person who isn't named Scrub who went one-on-one with Michael and survived. Only a Scrub has ever gone one-on-one with Michael and lived to tell talk about it. Oh. Everybody else who comes in from they get offed. So he's got like a soft spot for the strodes? <laughs> but that's the thing. Lindsay's not a strode. <laughs> Lindsay was the little girl that Annie babysit. So I just think it's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a good connection. Let's talk about the score in this one. Do you think it was as strong as Halloween 2018? There was 
there was a point where I was like, the music right now doesn't fit this scene, and I think it might have been in the hospital. Well, the in- the introduction of the song I feel like didn't fit, and then finally when there was something um, you know terrible that had happened, and it kind of made that like it, it changed. I felt like it fit, but this it was kind of it was weak in my opinion. It, it there was only one or two times that I was like, okay. I like this song quite a bit, and it's it's kind of cranking along. But for the most part, dude, no, it was a little... It was very lackluster. Yeah, it let me down, man. Like, the only ones that really I thought were impressive were the ones that were a little heavier and harder. Mm-hmm. And even those ones sometimes did not fit the scenes that they were being played in, yeah. in my opinion. It just... The first... The seeing the first one and being so fucking excited and happy and and just jacked to see like okay let's see what else is going to happen and I'm just a little let down <laughs> I feel bummed I, I want to see the next one just to I guess have more shit to talk about how they ruined this but then I oh. think I will need to go back and see the second one because I want to see the old grainy and I want to see you know the the shitty acting and you yeah. know I think maybe it's just the modernness of it. I, I've already been too overexposed with kind of like how modern horror films are. Mm-hmm. And and I just want to kind of stay back and stay, stay, stay living in the classics where before everything was ruined, I guess. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. With, with common, you know, times. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Did you think the, the body reveals in this one were as good as previous Halloween? Like, like the way he has it set up um, and displayed. Oh, I didn't really. There was only two. Well, he put faces on. He put masks on a couple of mm-hmm. them. Um, he did make that jack o' lantern out of I think a, the cop in the car. Yeah, right. Another glimpse. Of yeah, that. that was wonderful. <laughs> uh, I I don't think he set too many traps this time. And he hangs Marion from the swing set. In this one. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Then obviously you get the shot of Oscar hanging on the fence at the very beginning of the movie. And Still dripping. Still dripping. Yeah. That was great. Um, I like the cameo of Joel, the little boy that the girl was babysitting in the previous film on the news broadcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, is that... Isn't that that little asshole kid from across the street? <laughs> that was a great shot. So, <laughs> I was into that. Uh, uh, those characters, I think, worked very fucking well. But, like I said, they were literally just thrown in the script as fodder. Yeah. It was, it was a group. I felt like they did a lot of groupings like together. They definitely wanted to gather as like as many people as they could, mm-hmm. um, and have like a couple main characters in there or like side new characters and lots of grouping. Like I almost think that they were trying to make their own version of Frankenstein. Like the villagers are going after Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, and they, it, it just so many movies could do it fucking right. All you have to do is watch those and copy that formula. <laughs> This That's, is not the way to do it. Well, uh, he does get stabbed with a pitchfork, right? Well, yes. I uh, I still am kind of curious as to why she thought that stabbing him in the back with a pitchfork and then stomping his dome piece a couple of times was going to kill him. <laughs> and they were like totally like not relaxed, but they didn't keep stabbing the fuck out of him or shooting him. Or I just... don't think she <clears throat> was trying to kill him when she did that. 
she was trying to lure him out of the house to where the mob would ambush him. Yeah, but I still feel with all the rage and hate that she had to have that opportunity just to go ham on him like one on one, like uh, solo. Just, just go to just fucking stab yeah, the shit out of that motherfucker. With that. Come on. Um, I also wasn't sure. I I kept feeling like eventually there was gonna be like a, a like a Michael beatdown where they were all gonna get in a circle and just kind of well that's you know, kind of what happened at the end yeah and that's and when as it was approaching it I was like how am I gonna feel after all the shit I've watched him go through him just get like a good old fashioned just a jumping right you know right in the middle of the street um and then it happened and I was like okay. And he immediately gets up and annihilates every fucking one of them. <laughs> right, right. Why? You you can't kill something that can't be harmed. Look um, how much damage Michael takes in this. Do you think if he drank a glass of water, water would just be shooting out of holes like a fucking uh, cartoons? And that's one thing, too, that I was wondering is if um, at the very end, if maybe you get to see him like not in his uh custodian gear and see if he's just covered like riddled with scars and like you know he holes and shit to, right because he doesn't bleed. let's go back 1978 got shot six times yeah stabbed in the eye stabbed in, in the, the neck. neck stabbed in the chest with the knife mm-hmm. and then cut to the next one get shot multiple times stabbed multiple times Loses two fingers in the process. And in this one, Jesus And he gets Christ. hit by a car, too, right? Yeah. And in this one, he's literally a fucking, just a target for bullets. He takes more gunshots than any other Halloween movie I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah, he got lit up, And dude. he gets stabbed so many fucking times in this movie. And he just... It's a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, may I have another? <laughs> Pretty much. He's like a vampire, but he doesn't actually feed or drink the blood. He just has to create the blood. <laughs> it's like, I'm immortal. I come out mostly at nighttime. I'll do the daytime here and there, but for the most part, I'm a night murderer kind of guy. Uh, a lot more trick-or-treating in this one, but still just very casual. Strolling through the neighborhood, killing motherfuckers, people finding my my killings. It just still feels like a video game to me. I, I just yeah, can't I get over the GTA. Um, so, bottom line, do you recommend this? And what would you rate it out of ten? Because I haven't seen like the second, and you know, like all the others, it's kind of hard for me to say if I would recommend it or not. Um, because like again, I was I was I was given this amazing introduction, and without seeing all the other fillers, for this one to kind of be like this is actually the sequel and this is actually the next one after that. And this is actually the one after that. Um, I, I don't, yeah, uh, no, <laughs> I don't think I would tell my buddy, Hey man, I saw this and I think you should see it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want it again. Yes, but only to find more shit that I don't like about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or you know maybe try to find some things that I did. It wasn't my favorite. It was. It's it's kind of nice to have like a, a bummer one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. Like a six or a seven, ish. Yeah, we're not too far off. <sighs> when comparing can I, original, can I with a clear conscience 
recommend this movie? No. Is it a good movie? God no. Is it a terrible movie? No. Yeah, I didn't not like it, I guess. It is very watchable. It's a good way to kill an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. But I'll say it's a good horror movie. It's not a good Hollywood movie. I think that's totally fair. If you're not going for too much story and you just want a bunch of killing, um, that's what you're going to get. And I'm content with that. And I'll definitely say this isn't the worst Halloween movie in the entire franchise. But this is definitely the weakest link in this timeline. Right, this linear timeline. That we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. So I have to give it a 5.5. I, it's still an F, but close to a D. <laughs> Reminds the, me in high school. It's That's the best compliment I can give this movie. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't hate it. it I wish there was a little less Evil Dies tonight. Because that chant, it, it kind of like if you watch Halloween 3, once that Silver Shamrock song gets stuck in your head, it's just, this one was Evil Dies tonight. Evil Dies tonight. Drinking game. Every time they say Evil Shite Dies tonight, take a shot. <laughs> Um, are you looking forward to Halloween Ends? I do, just because I want to finish this little. It will be the timeline. end of the Laurie Michael saga. Okay, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has said that she will not return to play Laurie Strode ever again. She is closing this chapter in her movie career. Well, yeah, because you said that now she's like producing and mm-hmm. directing and kind of getting a little more involved on the other side of the camera. Yeah. And I think that's totally and fair. And I think good for her. Mm-hmm. Find something new to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, get Michael a girlfriend or something, or have <laughs> some kind of like counter, counter to Michael. <laughs> that's yeah. That was actually pretty accurate. Holy shit! Uh, we're gonna cut this short tonight because I don't want to give this movie any more <laughs> fucking vocal time. <laughs> <laughs> that's. <laughs> Yeah, we're not having too much to say about this one. Well, like, this movie's just so bad. I can't even think of what to say on it. Like, and if you think, like, I will have something to say on Wednesday when we record Halloween ends, because I'm going to be a lot more angry <laughs> than, <laughs> than you'll understand why when we watch it. Well, cool. I'll try to feed off that anger and, <laughs> and uh, make fun of it. So, next week, we return to discuss and see how Halloween ends takes place four years after the events of this movie. And let's see if they can fix what this movie wrecked or if they just make shit even worse. So, as always, we will see you next week. And until next time, kiddies. Thank you for listening to this Puzzle the Pit Hollywood. We hope you have enjoyed your time. Come back to the Movie Pit Podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. Produced by Ryan Boozer Johnson and Seth Chapman.
opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual host and may not reflect the views of RMJ Media Incorporated. See you next week.